Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today I have Lucy Christian, the voice of Uraraka, my favorite anime. And I don't know how, I don't have many favorite animes because there's only a few that I watch. Um, but this one really strikes uh, right into the feels so hard with every episode. Uh, Lucy, how are you today? I'm awesome. I'm doing really good. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Like I said, you're the first person from my hero that I've had on. I hope to have all of you guys on, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> how, how did you get started? I, I'm going to ask you the same questions that everybody asks you, but I'm going to try to not ask you the same questions if that makes any sense. There are going to be some overlap, but you know it's going to happen. Um, but I figured what better way to start than how did you get into animation or voice acting for animation? Um, well, I... Um... I sort of fell into it. I I was an actor, but I was uh, like, I, I went to school for theater. I got a, a bachelor's degree in theater. I got a master's degree in theater. I moved to Houston to make enough money to go to New York and be a stage actor. That was my dream. That's what I thought I was gonna do. And um, after I came to Houston, I very quickly signed with a talent agency and started booking voice work. And it was a huge surprise to me. I, I didn't think my voice was particularly, um, I don't know. I just hadn't really thought about it. And, uh, but I started booking a lot of commercial work and was like, oh, this is fun. I mean, this is yeah. great. This is just a different, um, it's, it's just a different part of acting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then anyway, ADV Films was here in Houston and I had not heard of them but I got an opportunity to audition for them. And I, I mean, I really feel bad for thinking it now, but I was like, what are we doing? What is anime? What? Um, and I went and I thought I was horrible. Uh, in fact, I came home and told my, my then roommate, mm-hmm. um, they're never gonna have me back. I totally stink at this. This is not a skill set I have. I didn't know what to do, I was horrible. And a couple of weeks later, a new director there who was at ADV at the time was casting a show called Full Metal Panic. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to audition for it, which I thought I was flabbergasted. Yeah. And I did it. I read for it. And then I was cast as the lead. And I was like, what are we doing? What is this? <laughs> so I went to the internet and... Um, went to Anime News Network and all of these, you know, things back then. It was a while ago. And uh, was introduced to the fandom really that way. And everything has come out of that. Like uh, Full Metal Panic turned out to pe- be a very big title for for the time. And, yeah. um, and ADV at the time was really exploding. Mm-hmm. They were just growing and growing and growing. And I just happened to hit right on the cusp of that. And so from then on I was super busy yeah. um, and then when I got to start going to conventions I met Mike McFarland who's a dear friend of mine now and a producer at Funimation and he was like hey I just watched Full Metal Panic and I really like your work do you want to come up and read for a little show we're doing called Full Metal Alchemist oh just a little show just a tiny thing yeah, yeah and I was like <laughs> please like yes yes um, so that's how I ended up going up and working at Funimation and cause I'm in Houston and yeah. they are in Flower Mound, um, in the Metroplex area. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and I mean, the writing was on the wall. I've been working, I've been doing anime and games and stuff ever since. The rest is really history at this yeah. point. Right? It, yeah. It's kind of crazy how, so when I started doing this, this was originally supposed to just be done. Uh, I'm a huge, like I got a whole bunch of Ninja Turtles all over me. So, um, and if you look 
throughout the room. There's nothing but Ninja Turtles. So uh, <laughs> when I started this, it was just to talk to the people that did that first Ninja Turtles movie. And then I started talking to my first person. And I was like, man, this is a lot of fun just talking to people. Um, it's easy. Either they say yes, they want to talk or no, they don't want to talk. And then it's, you know, kind of on to the next one. And mm -hmm. I, I cook for a living and that took a huge hit back in March when everything shut down. So doing this over the last uh, probably eight weeks, um, it's been the funnest time I've ever had really just, Aww. just talking to people and especially people that have, even though you don't meet them, you don't know them, you hear them. You're like, Oh man, she played in this or he played in this, he played in that. And then you get looked at weird because you start throwing out these random facts and like, <laughs> If you really used your brain power for something other than TV shows <laughs> or movies, you'd probably be somewhere at this point. But that's neither here nor there. That's um, right. Yeah, it's but during COVID, when everything was going crazy and we, when a lot of us were home, um, we started watching My Hero. Like I said, you know, before before we hit that record button, I'm not very well versed in anime. There's two that I can pretty much wax poetically about, and it's Dragon Ball Z and it is My Hero. Um, and once I heard All Might's voice, and I was like, holy shit, that is Piccolo. Piccolo's my favorite <laughs> Dragon Ball Z character. I was like, hook, line, and sinker. Everybody told me to watch the Japanese style. But I've got a 10-year-old kid. He could read really great, um, but he just could not keep up with that cadence, with that pace. So I was having to, like, pause it and tell him. So I was like, screw it. We'll just watch it in English. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be, you know, bad. Um, and we started watching. I'm like, why did I even start? With one, like I said, once I heard Piccolo, I was like, over, done, I'm good. Um, what, when you guys do the sound work now, because I've talked to a lot of people that are, you know, used to do it in the 80s and the 90s, and it was, you guys were all together. But now with COVID and the advent of the internet, and you can just drop your, your voice acting with the mic you plug into your computer, do you guys uh, get together at all often anymore? Or is it 100% you do them wherever you do them, and then you send them off? So, um, we, we do not, we do not record together. Um, the only time I've ever recorded at the same time as somebody, I've been doing it for 20 ish years, <laughs> um, is when sometimes you'll be doing a Walla session where it's like background chatter. Yeah. So they may get a, a big group of girls to go into the studio together and be like, okay, this is in the classroom and you have about 30 minutes of just chitty chatter. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the times that I've been in the studio with people. Other than that, we're not. But I mean, this is unprecedented what's happening now. Um, I never, I mean, I, I have a studio here at home. It's right beside me okay. in this closet. But I never <laughs> thought, I never thought I would record anime here. Yeah. Um, I record audiobooks and things like that from here. But anime has always been for me a collaborative and you go to the studio mm -hmm. because they have the pro tools and there is the real engineer who knows how to do everything. And yeah. so the fact that we've been, um, especially, you know, Funimation was kind of, I think the first company to really say, Hey, we are going to finish um, my hero season four. Yeah. And wherever all of you are in your house, let's get these lines recorded. And those engineers at Funimation, I mean, the sound difference from house to house and setup to setup is not minimal. That is a real thing. And so the fact that they took all of that and made it sound, I think so great, mm -hmm. um, is really a testimony to people's creativity and, and willingness to just really want to get the product out. I mean, this has been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually we just go in one at a time at the studios and, and do our thing. Um, but yeah, this has definitely taken that to a new, that's very new, but I'll say parts of it are great. Again, I work in Houston. I live and yeah. work in Houston. And so that I get to be here and collaborating with Cliff or Mike up at Funimation is amazing that I get to record video games from here is crazy. I mean, I'm for it. <laughs> I mean, anytime, like I was hoping that the restaurant I used to work at would say, here's a, here's a check, just cook at home. Right. I would absolutely love showing See? up my kitchen and PJs, but that's just it's me. True. So, it's true. 
but uh, so, so that is really something though, like, I'm glad you brought that up. Not every industry can, can pivot like that. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, that's a real thing. And even everything. for us, there are some things that I guess, I think some studios are set up maybe more for, but I mean, if ever there was a time where people are embracing technology for jobs that can, yeah. they are. Well, luckily everything's, cause I'm here in Florida. Um, so if you hear any oh. rainstorms or anything like that, we got a real bad, nasty uh, cell going through. Um, but, uh, you know, luckily everything in Florida is starting to open up. Everything's not going back to normal in any sense, but at least we're not stuck at home. I got friends out in California. They've been locked down for shit, six months, seven months, whatever it's been now. So, um, you know, it's starting to, I guess, get back to what it was, but the crazy thing you said was you guys just send in your clips and it all sounds when, when you, when I watch this show, it all sounds like you guys are all best friends for one. And it's, and it's a lot of that with uh, like shows like Animaniacs, you got shows like Scooby-Doo, you guys got stuff that you riff off of each other, you play off of each other. And yeah. it, I just assumed for the longest time, up until I talked to my first voice actor, uh, Rob Paulson, um, that everybody just sat together and hung out together. It was like school. And then it's crazy <laughs> to find out that, no, it's not like that. You guys go sometimes single, sometimes there's a group of you, but now there's not, everybody's just doing it from home. Um, is it, is that the only medium in acting that can kind of do that? You know, you guys do what you guys do by yourself. I think so. Um, I think so. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think we're all missing conventions and stuff mm -hmm. so much is that's actually where we get to see each other. Yeah. Um, and some of us wear different hats. Like some of us are also directors. So we do, they, people who are directors get to see actors a lot more, but a lot of us it's at the cons is where yeah. we get to sort of tell stories and talk about things. We hear each other's voices all the time. Mm -hmm. Shows like my hero where, we've been working with each other's voices long enough that we know, we know who these people are. We know what everybody is going to sound like. It's not hard to put yourself in that place and imagine where you fit in that world. Yeah. And if we're doing our jobs well, um, which even if we're not, the director is usually really good about getting us where we need to be. If yeah. we do our jobs well, you should believe that we're all in the same room. Oh yeah. I mean, um, it, it's insane that I, I thought that, and then it's really not the case. You yeah. Know? So. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, what was so fun at the beginning of the year before all of this bananas business started, we had the um, the preview, I mean, the premiere for the movie Yes. for Heroes Rising out in L.A. Mm -hmm. And I met some people that are in the show for the first time at that premiere. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you end up meeting? Um, I had never met. I think that might have been the first time I in person met Felicia. Okay. Um. And Erica, uh, those are two that come to mind mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, angels, oh, <laughs> I've loved you all this time. Like I've loved your voices all this time. And some of them, like even before they moved, um, or maybe it was, maybe they had already moved. Anyway, I've worked with them, but mm -hmm. we work over the internet yeah. or we would work. So I only knew their voices. It's, it's, it's really crazy. And you brought something I want to circle back to me thinking that all you guys are friends in the same room. Um, there hasn't been very many cartoons, especially, but movies, TV shows, what have you, that uh, really give me goosebumps or um, elicit some kind of emotion other than that was funny because he fell or, oh man, he just got defeated type of thing. Um, now I won't give any spoilers cause the show, you know, has, has been out for a little bit. So, you know, you should have been able to catch up to it, but I was also coming late to the show. Um, the final episode of season four with, uh, Endeavor that uh. hit so, cause he was the first person, uh, that I started rooting for. And it, he's since fallen, not out of grace, but fallen down the list because there's so many characters in this show and there is not one character that is a filler. There's not one character just, Mah, we need a scene for 10 seconds. Every piece means something. Every character means something. And for some reason, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because of what I do in my free time. But Aizawa, 
that was my first, when I see him in, I thought he was a student. So he's in his little sleeping bag. His eyes are red. So I immediately think this guy's a stoner. And then he happens to be a teacher <laughs> teaching 16 year olds and he's got eye drops. And then I found out that has a superpower. He takes it away as long as he can keep, you know, the, uh, no, the no blinking contest. Um, did you know, did you guys know right away that just how big this was going to get, how huge my hero was going to be? Um, I did not know. Um, I was told that it was going to be a pretty popular title. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I wasn't auditioning for new things at Funimation. I was, I was working on shows I was already a part of like one piece that goes on forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, yay, it goes on yeah. forever. Um, <laughs> But uh, I wasn't auditioning for new things because I had two little kids at home and it was a little bit crazy. Yeah. But I was up there working on One Piece one day and um, it was they were auditioning for my hero. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Ian Sinclair in the hall and he said, are you auditioning for this? And I said, no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not auditioning for anything new. And he goes, you should audition for this. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he goes, you know. Have you so said went, business card? I haven't. I should. <laughs> I've definitely, we've definitely hung out at cons though, where I've been like, thank you, Ian. Yes. I ended up being asking Colleen if I could audition for that show. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I did not know. Um, and I've never had a show do this. I've never had a show kind of enter a sort of, collective global consciousness mm-hmm. the way that my hero has and i i think it couldn't have happened to a nicer show it's wonderful yeah. um we all love it the same as you do mm-hmm. we all feel i think incredibly lucky to be a part of it i as well as you i think that one of the real gifts of this show is there's i mean there's kind of the core group mm-hmm. but every season they add new characters oh, yeah. and they they are all wonderful mm-hmm. the bad guys are awesome oh um, yeah everybody is just great and my favorite thing is i just like to see the students fight and use their quirks it's my favorite thing who's your favorite character that's not yourself that's not me (laughs) um i also really like todoroki's Mm -hmm. arc i like him a lot i think deku is understandable it's understandable why um why you love him yeah he's that he's that consummate underdog yep so to the end to the end you will root for him yeah um and i think all might is a pretty perfect character oh yeah in terms of how he's how he's created he's pretty perfect and he's voiced by piccolo can't (laughs) go wrong so and he's uh, voiced by by chris sabbath so yeah yeah. i can't i don't know where he's at uh my guy like i said it started out as endeavor and that final, not even final scene, him just holding up his arm. Yeah. It, it, it made my eyes water so much. And then my kids look at him. He's like, are you crying? And I'm like, shut up. Don't tell your mother about this. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. Um, but here, he's right. He's actually right here. Like, that is, that's what it's supposed to do. And Patrick Seitz, who plays Endeavor, is freaking oh, fantastic. He is, his, his cadence or his gravitas whatever whatever you want to call it. you every word he says he it feels like he means it yep. but but this is my guy bakugo yes bakugo and uh he's over here shigaraki um those oh, are yes yeah, wonderful I, I don't know what it is about him one he's got a cool costume and then when you start reading um the manga or manga sorry guys if i pronounce it wrong don't crucify me um uh, he, the guy was talking about when he made him, he's like, I really regret making this guy because he had so many hands and for artists, they're not hard. They're just annoying to draw hands. Right. Um, so it was, <laughs> well, it, and it was, he's going to, he's going to outlive us all. Oh yeah. I mean, like fantastic. Um, he's wonderful. And Cliff, you're right. Bakugo is awesome. Um, and the way, I mean, I, I don't want to undersell what an incredible job, Colleen Clinkenbeard did casting the show. Mm-hmm. She cast, I think, perfectly. Oh, yeah. Everybody is so good as mm-hmm. their character. They're just perfect, like perfect. 
Now, do you have a favorite scene or an episode? Because I know a lot of you guys will watch and a lot of you guys just won't watch. And that goes across the board for animation. Um, some people don't like hearing themselves. Like, I hate when I, as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I generally go back and listen to it to see when I could have shut the hell up more and let you guys talk because it's about you guys, not me. Um, you know, should I talk lower so my voice isn't annoying? Or, you know, I try to see what I can do to be better. Um, but do you go back and are you watching it week by week? Do they send it to you guys ahead of time or how does that work? No, we don't see it ahead of time. Um, but, uh, we do what when people watch in different ways. Mm -hmm. I have the Funimation app on my Fantastic phone. Fantastic app. So that's how I watch it yeah. and how I showed it to my kids. Um, but yeah, I, I watch, I watch, I don't watch all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't watch all of the shows I'm in. I don't actually think I could. Yeah. Um, there is a One lot. Piece alone is ridiculous. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> it's a lot, but yeah. I do, I do watch. Um, and a lot of times I watch because especially as we start traveling and I hope conventions come back, you, we spend so much time talking about the shows. Mm -hmm that you just want to know what's going on. And I, sometimes I don't know, we only see our own parts. Yeah. So if I'm not in a particular episode or Ochako just shows up in the beginning and at the end, um, you miss all of this stuff. Like we were in, we were, where did I watch that? We were in Hawaii for a convention in February and it was me and Justin, I think, Briner and yeah, uh, Cook. Yeah. And we were all there and Kristen and Cliff. And I sat and I watched that Red Riot episode where Justin oh, was like, what? Yes. And I had never seen that. I hadn't seen it yet. And I was just like, oh, Justin Cook, you it are so you. good. <laughs> it, it, it hits that one and the Endeavor one. Those are the two episodes. If I can't talk people into watching the show, and it's been pretty hard um, talking to some people because a lot of people are just like, oh, that's just a kid show. It's the same thing with Fortnite. Even though I don't play video games that much. I don't play Fortnite. It's the same equivalent whenever I bring it up to people. Um, it's like, oh, that's just for kids. I'm like, no, give this six episodes of the first season. That's all I'm asking you. That's what, three hours of your time. Um, right. You are going to be blown away. And it's amazing how many people, and myself included, when I first saw this or when I first started hearing about it, because like I said, I started watching this year, four years after it came out. And it was yeah. just, nah, it's a kid show. That's a kid show. And then I watch and I'm like, Man, this is targeted towards kids, but when you start watching this, there is levels to everything here, and yeah. it's not just for kids. It is for kids, adults, and anybody really that likes something good. And that Red Riot episode alone, my God, I don't know That's how so you guys do it. You put so much emotion and feeling into a character that is two-dimensional at this point, and you guys are the reason that they turn into three-dimensional and what seems like real characters. Um, oh. How how do you go about getting into, is Ochako just like you or is like you dialed up to a level or are you putting something different into this character? Um, she is, she is me um, in a very, very pure, a very pure version of me. Mm -hmm. um, my voice, her voice is not hard for me to do. Mm -hmm. It's in fact, um, I tend to use names to find my voices. And so all I have to do for her is to go, um, Deku. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know where she goes. I know where she goes in my, in my, in me. Yeah. Um, and she's just a really, I'm not going to say it's not that she's an easy girl to play. She's just, um, a girl I love to play. Yeah. She has so many great qualities. And what I like about her is it would be real easy for Ochako to just be sort of the good girl. Mm -hmm. um, but she's a fierce fighter. She is a hero. Toe to toe with Bobby. Um, so. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite. That was one of yeah. my favorites. Um, but I like that for all of her, you know, she's going to go with gunhead martial arts and she's going to make some surprising things because she's pretty tactical and very practical mm -hmm. and like I need different skills than what I have. Um, but when it comes to her feelings, she is all 100% high school girl yeah. does not know how to compute, you know? And I really love that about her. She has a lot of room to grow into herself. And I like that. 
Now, with all of the characters, because you, like you said, you've been doing this for quite some, what, 21 years is what you said, 20 years? About that, yep. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> which of these characters have been the most, I guess, emotionally rewarding for you? Hmm, wow. Um, well, I mean, I will say that um, it's rare for us to get to stick to have shows that where you get to stick with a character for very long. And so one piece in that sense, I've never gotten to play something so long. I assume it's like, it's like a Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, You're yeah. with these people for so much of your adult life, right? The guys who have been and the women and people who've been playing in that show. Um, so I would say one piece there are shows that are a part of me because they became, they were something to me mm-hmm. or on high school host club um, is a show like that. There's a little show that was not super popular, but it was my first favorite show. It's just like how Ninja Turtles, Yeah. the shows pick you. You're yeah. the show. You don't sit down to go, this is going to be my favorite show. Um, but there's a little show called princess tutu. That was my first like, favorite deep love show yeah. that I was like, I will cry when I watch it and it will be up. What, what was it about that one that stuck to you so much? It is um, number one, because I was working with a director and engineer that I loved. It was mm-hmm. really a collaborative thing. We all loved it and enjoyed working on it so much. We wanted it to be good. We took a lot of care with it. And the, I play three different people in it. They're all the same person. It's a duck who turns into a little girl named Duck who turns into a ballerina superhero princess named Princess Tutu. And, um, and it's, a very, it's a very dark fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And Duck is tragic and heroic, <laughs> but tragic. And so it, it hits all of those things where you're just like, oh, I love her so much. Oh, I love her so much. You know? <laughs> uh, in fact, there's some video still on YouTube somewhere of me bawling my head off watching the end of that show um, in I'm the actually, studio. I'm going to write that one down. So yes. Check that one out real quick. Yes, it's like Lucy Christian cries at the end of Princess Tutu. And <laughs> it was just wretched. And I did, I bawled my head off. I was so invested in it. Um, but yeah, it just got me, you know. Yeah. Not all shows, it's not that you don't care about them, but not all shows do that. Yeah, it, so. it's, it's very, it's very, I don't want to say it's very rare because I guess I'm only 31, but I've noticed that I've gotten a lot more sensitive uh as I've gotten older or it's just stuff. Maybe it's just my brain's grown to an extent where I'm like, all right, I'm not looking at this as like, oh man, tough guy or, oh man, not tough guy. Right. It's me looking at the full picture of any kind of media that's put out. And uh, did you ever get a chance to watch a show called Cobra Kai? Yes. My husband and I have been watching it. Yes. Okay. You're not finished with it yet. I don't ever spoil it. I don't think we're done with it. The, oh wait, we might be. We might okay. be. Did we something be. really? Did something really, really bad happen? Yes. At the end of uh, you know season two. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, we may just be on season one. Okay. Well, something bad's gonna happen. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Okay. However, however, I'm sitting there watching this, and I went through what I can only imagine you guys as actors do when you warm up or when you try to get in some state of mind. Like I start out like this. And then I'm just, no, no, no. And it got louder and louder. And by the end of it, my eyes are all watered up. And then I'm sitting next to my wife and then she's looking at me like this. And then she turns away and then shakes her head. I'm like, what was that look for? And she was like, this is fictitious. This is all fake. (laughs) I was like, I can't help it. Look. (laughs) Yeah, pause. These kids got me here. <laughs> so um, it is, it went, well, like I said, when you guys can take and do this for whatever show it is, whatever movie it is, it, it's, it's nothing short of spectacular, miraculous, magic, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's really magic making moments. Um, what was that first moment when you were watching My Hero 
did you did you feel anything like that with a character or with a story arc or with an episode um obviously the kirishima when we talked about yes um yeah um i've had i've had a few moments like that mm. um and i and i mean some of them have to do with gosh i'm i'm trying to think of like what um even at the very beginning where I feel like, I feel like from the get-go with my hero, you're drawn in to sort of the despair of how Deku is, is created yeah. with the depth of his desire to be a hero mm -hmm. and the absolute closed door of not having a quirk. <laughs> um, and that's like first episodes of just like, squash just squash um and then there's so much then the rest of the show i feel like is different levels of that but i'll tell you that i experienced that with um when uh um 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 our main hero hello um uh, uh all might all might <laughs> when all might is fighting mm -hmm. and you know that he's oh that you know the flame goes out that sequence alone hits you Rough. and i looked yep. at my, like all during that time we, uh, my, i was off my kid was off he was doing school online and my wife was working very limited hours because she's a general manager at a kid store mm -hmm. so you know we would eat lunch and then she would generally go to work because they were on you know smaller hours and that episode came up that you were just talking about and i'm just sitting there and i'm like no no, this is not going to happen. I was like, if they destroy him, if they kill him, I am completely done with this show. The show is dead to me. And then my wife was like, you need to quit investing so much energy into this character. You're too close to it. Yeah. So um, that, that it's crazy that you say that. Uh, when you guys are reading this, do you not so much go through it because you're not seeing it, but do you, do you guys have like, uh, like, like the same way I was looking at like, no, 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 don't do this. Um, when you guys are reading, are you only reading your parts or do you see what else is going on in the story? You usually see what's around just your part, okay. um, unless they show you. They Sometimes they like to show you mm -hmm. what is happening, um, which is why there are many things that I am not directly connected with in the show that when I watch through, like the whole hero killer stain stuff. Oh, fantastic. Um, all of that, I'm not in that. Mm -hmm. So Ochako is not there for that. So when I finally watched that, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, and you, I'll say that when we watch it, it's one thing, you watch it, but our job is such a very weird skill set. You have to get the emotion right, mm -hmm. but you have to hit the flaps. Yeah. And so you can never lose what do you mean your- by that? What do you mean by flaps? So oh. whatever the animators have done, you you have to honor what is there. Okay. So no matter what is happening um, or what you're feeling, you have to be present enough to be watching the flaps and make sure that it fits. Otherwise, you're just gonna have to do it again. <laughs> so they've already um, they've already animated this ahead of time, and then you're just matching. Yes, we oh. are dubbing over the Japanese. So we're listening to the Japanese. We watch it with the Japanese and then we record it for the English track. And so you're listening and trying to hit all of the levels that you need to hit, knowing that you still have to have an eye to the flaps because if it doesn't fit, they're not gonna let you, they're gonna make you redo it. Gotcha. Um, so it's a real weird skill set. It's, it's part emotional, part technical. Mm -hmm. And those two things marry. Um, and some people are really, really good at doing that. Yeah. You know, now, do they, this is, you're, the, you're actually the first person I've talked to as far as voice acting goes that um, they didn't do your voices. And then later down the road, they animate it, um, which is always crazy because I always thought it was like, I'm pretty sure you've seen my favorite actor of all time was Robin Williams um, yeah. and Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, so when he's doing, ah, uh, shit, it's, I can't remember the parrot's name, but he's smoking and he's matching 
matching the words and stuff like that. And then Rob had told me, he's like, no, we all did it. And then a year later it came down the road cause they animated it after. Um, so it's always crazy. Is it, is it more difficult when you have to match than it is just you going in there free flowing or is it both, you know, equally the same? It's definitely easier when you don't have to match. Um, this morning I had a session that I did not have to match anything. I got to just sort of create whatever I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, that's just a big empty room where you can create whatever you want to do. Um, but dubbing is different. Dubbing is different. You really have to have sort of a technical eye to what the animation is doing because it gives you all the clues. The animation gives you where you are, how it should sound, if you are loud or soft, what your face is doing gives you so much of a clue. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why like when Ochako is doing stuff and, and when you see, when you see <laughs> things that they do or flying through the air, you know, yeah. it's telling you what to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you just have to do it. You, you have to make it fit. Hopefully to where nobody would go, this feels like it wasn't originally done in this language. <laughs> Hopefully it's seamless, um, but it's definitely more involved to dub than just to do prelay. Prelay is just more like you and the director creating something. Um, we've done that for, I've worked with the guys who do Ruby and um, that's amazing. Cause they're just there and they're like, do what you did in the audition and play with it. Just have some fun. You want to try anything else? And you're like, this is, wow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's not quite like that for dubbing. You are, you are definitely limited by the pre-existing elements. Yeah. Now you, uh, you'd said auditioning and I, I forgot to ask you, cause we went off on, I, I went off, not we, I always go off on weird tangents. That's why it's what's in my head podcast. Uh, but um, when you audition for this one, did you just go in there for one specific character or did they hand you a script? Cause you weren't specifically there for this. Uh, so how did that work? So um, I, if I had not, if I did not know Colleen and had not been working up there, I would never have had the chutzpah to be like, can I audition? <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. Um, <laughs> right. But I mean, I know her. So she was like, please audition, please. Yeah. Um, but no, generally you will go to uh, the studio or you will like now you will get an email mm -hmm. and it has what we call sides and it's information about the show, what it's about, um, what sometimes people will be like, it's kind of racy, it's whatever. They'll give you some information and then there will be a one sheet on each character that'll have a picture of the character and a short description and a, some lines to mm -hmm. say that are audition lines. And so you might, and what they generally do would be, I have you in mind for this person and this person, is there anybody else you wanna read? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how that goes. Um, when you are auditioning, like now, when you get emails, they'll say, you know, read whoever you want, just turn in the emails, you know, just send it in. Yeah. So that's kind of how it goes. And you go in, you, you read about the character, you get the pertinent, adjectives mm -hmm. how old they are perky sad uptight serious wallflower whatever mm -hmm. and you go from there and give it your best shot and then the director that's their job to go hey i love what you did can you turn her down can you turn can you make that little boy sound even more stuck up yeah and you and that's where you kind of try to match and see if you can give them what they want now, when you're doing characters, um, now obviously it's different since you're dubbing it over, because I always hear or read or see people or animators that'll go and they'll put in you guys' mannerisms. If you, you know, use a certain gesture or if it's in your face, it kind of makes it into um, the animation. Since it's, you guys are dubbing, um, do you see anything that you've done for the past four or five years, however long you've been recording for the show that, you know, damn it, that's my, that's my emotion or that's, that's, that's the way I hold my hand or something. Have you seen something like that with your character? Well, um, not in the, so much in the dub stuff, but yes, in the prelay stuff, totally. Um, like, uh, 
I mean, I feel like in Deb's stuff, it's just your voice, your yeah. voice. There are definitely, I, I sit and I go, oh, I really made, I really sold that. And that was me selling, matching to the existing animation really well. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to prelay, like in um, Netflix has a version, they've done a sort of a revamp of Saint Seiya mm -hmm. for Netflix. And we did, they would, they recorded our faces. They filmed our faces. We mm -hmm. dubbed, we did the lines. We didn't dub it. We recorded the lines and then they put a camera on our face and played back all of the lines and had us say it mm -hmm. so that the Japanese and Korean companies and everybody working on that could animate to us, which is super cool. So yes, when I watch that show on Netflix, I'm like, Look at there how some of my facial expressions <laughs> made it in, or the weird way my my mouth goes. Like some sometimes I can see it. It's funny. Well, that's all. I, like I said, I, I like seeing like that inside baseball little sports reference, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like seeing that little stuff that you guys do, or mannerisms that are picked up and then they make it on there. Um, mm -hmm. Have you since you've been doing this? Have you actually went across the pond and went to Japan and any places like that? haven't not yet someday well I mean, uh, when everything opens up we can so i know <laughs> we were a bunch of us were supposed to be at a con in scotland this mm -hmm. fall super sucks um i i've been to conventions um like in ireland and things yeah. like that but no i've i've yet to go to japan and i just can't wait someday man I tried to, I was, I was in the Navy for a little while and I almost got orders to Japan and the wife was like, I'm not, I'm not going. I was like, she's like, I went to, I went to Washington state. Um, I went to San Diego, went to Jacksonville, went to Norfolk. I, I'm not doing this. I, I don't want to go. I, but you know, this, this past uh, May 23rd is our wedding anniversary and uh, it was our oh. anniversary this year. And we were supposed to go to Ireland. And then we get the email once that says you can't go nowhere um we just like here's your, here's your refund check back at a later date so uh i can't wait to start traveling again um, i know same same have you gotten to um now it's gonna sound weird but with the lady that does um uh for the original version for ochako does she have you ever met her or i have not i have never met her uh, i've seen her yeah. just in online but I've never met her which is so funny because I know I think if I met her I would immediately know her because I know her voice yeah it has been in my ear low these last four years <laughs> um but no the only time I've ever met my Japanese counterpart was again that show Princess Tutu yeah this little convention in Austin Texas they had the other, the Japanese seiyu for yeah. duck. And we had a little quack off. And we, it was just this mutual like admiration, like you're so great. No, you, no, you, it was so, it was so fun. Yeah. Both love the show. So good. We, uh, I, I had mentioned food earlier and Houston's come up a few times. I've actually driven through the state of Texas and the state of California are the longest states I have ever driven through. Um, it's true. The greatest thing about driving through Texas vice California is Texas is so damn open for one. And two, it says like 80, 85 miles an hour, which means you can go at least 90, 95, as long as it's daylight. And as long as there aren't deers around. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't seem to pull you over as frequently as California people do. If you break the speed limit, um, <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite not so much place to go to because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, bump up your spot at all, but what's your like favorite food to go out and get in Houston? Oh my gosh. Um, we are very fortunate. Houston is a really good place to eat. Oh, yeah. um, nice little melting pot. Yes. Um, yes. We are a port city. So mm -hmm. Vietnamese food oh, yeah. is like probably our favorite. Um, Probably, I mean, I feel like I've been raised on Mexican food. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, I never don't want tacos. I mean, if you do, if you don't, if you ever reach that point, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want tacos, you're Something. probably a communist. And there's no <laughs> nobody liking tacos. That's um, right. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, those are my two favorites probably is, is Mexican food and Vietnamese food. Um, but we get to, but like I said, we, we live where we live. So I'm glad that we get to explore. We have Himalayan restaurant. I mean, uh, yeah, restaurants here. We have Ethiopian restaurants. We have all of this different funky stuff that, and I'll tell you, that's another reason I miss traveling so much is it was really fun to get to go to conventions and look around at people who live in the area and go, where should I go? Yeah. You know, where would you go? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe next door. I want to go wherever you want to go. <laughs> you always got to eat where the locals eat. That's the best spot. Yeah. So you know, you're going to get a good meal. And like uh, where I live here in Florida, I live right outside of Orlando. And yeah. uh, when people travel here, they don't travel for food. They travel to see the mouse. They travel to see Universal Studios and stuff like that. So when people come here and they go to Orlando, um, they think that's our food, sadly. Um, and it's very, uh, it's very controlled. It's very like, nah, this, this too crazy. Leave that for places like Houston, like Chicago, like LA, like Texas. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very tricky. Um, but I had some of the best, best, best Mexican food. Oh, damn. It went away. All these people, uh, all these, <laughs> since COVID started, all these people that wanted me to extend my car warranty have started calling back. It's ridiculous. Um, Another little inside baseball reference there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> shit, I can't, I lost my train of thought. I, if, if we wouldn't have been on this call, which is a good thing, if we wouldn't have been on this meeting, I would have answered this phone call and just shit all over these people. Um, they're so annoying. It's four calls a day. And then I get the ones for, for the political races and all that other stuff. But yeah. I digress. Um, you, you mentioned you've had kids. If you don't mind me, how old are they? I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. Do they watch My Hero? Yes. Yes. They have seen my hero. They haven't seen a lot of what I've done, mm-hmm. but they've seen my hero yeah. and um, they, uh, they love it. Mm-hmm. They, they've been to some cons with me. And yeah. They, so, yeah. And they use it every now and then they use it to um, advantage. <laughs> yeah. Like my girls did, they're in Girl Scouts. So this summer they did a, um, I love that anime group. manga camp. There was an anime Girl Scout anime manga camp hosted by a council out in California. And my kids were like, so my mom is Ochaco. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to, you know, undercut anybody here, but my mom is on the <laughs> biggest cartoon in the last 20 years. Next <laughs> box of Thin Mints. Uh, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh my gosh. Um, Oh, that is so hard. We even have some left over in there. Um, Thin mints, you cannot go wrong, especially if they're cold. Yep. Put them in the freezer, ladies and gentlemen. They're delicious. But I also like the peanut butter patties. Oh, my God. Those are fantastic. They're so freaking good. (sighs) I I like all of that. The Thin Mints and the Samoas. It's a three-way tie. Like my wife, uh, whenever whenever Girl Scout uh, cookie season is in, it's always great because I'll get a little text message to say, which ones you want. And then you've got to get two of each box at least because at least. first the first time they come home, you're going to go into a diabetic coma because I'm eating <laughs> one sleeve and I'm trying to be modest here because I'm going to eat two sleeves because I'm a fat guy. Uh, but I need two sleeves of each one. And then you just got to space them out until nothing wrong with the Boy Scouts. I don't like your popcorn. I don't want your popcorn. I want you guys to sell Girl Scout cookies. We want the Girl Scout cookies. That's exactly right. It's no That's competition. Exactly. And in, and it's, it sucks because my two favorite desserts are popcorn and churros. Churros out beating popcorn. Um, but just Boy Scouts popcorn is disgusting. <laughs> so stale. It seems like it's the shit from last year that they've just repackaged and put a new copyright 2020 on. It's just, it's it's not any good. Um, but uh, <laughs> is, is My Hero the one that they've seen the most of your work or... Is there anything else that they've really suck, uh, uh, sought out for? Probably so. They've also seen some of my Princess Tutu show. Yeah. Um, Which one do they yeah. like better? Um, probably, well, probably my hero. Yeah. Um, there's also a little show that um, has kind of a little cult following called Clanad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very slice of life, precious, sweet show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've seen that 
also, or a lot of it, they've seen that. And it's that show's claim to fame is that it makes grown brawny men weep <laughs> like children. That's <laughs> really, um, and it's great. It's great. But they've seen some of that too, because my daughter and my daughter cosplayed that for the Anime Manga Day camp. Yes. Now, uh, are you their favorite character or do they like somebody else? They, I'm, a, um, I'm probably their favorite character, but they have the, especially for My Hero, we have the Switch and we have the My Hero game. Oh, it's fantastic. And my youngest daughter, I went in one day and she was playing it and she was, her favorite character to play is Pinky. Oh. So I had to text Caitlin and to be like, so you are my daughter's favorite character <laughs> to play. So. Um, we, we actually, we actually bought it as well. Um, and then me and my kid play. And then he'll, he started picking and he'll do the same four moves over and over. So all you have to do is just sidestep him and then beat the <laughs> hell out of him. And then he'll try it again. And then you sidestep him back the other way. <laughs> I don't let him win in anything. I'm trying to make him tough. I'm trying to make him understand that you're really going to earn something when you there you him. go. Because <laughs> um, uh, my stepdad didn't let me have anything, any chance he could just walk me dry. He would walk. Me dry. Um, but, uh, he beat, and this is the first time I got beat. It's very rarely do I get beat and stuff when we play. Um, but he actually used you in the game. Yes. But to be fair, I was using a character I've never used before. This is me not backpedaling right here. This is just me. <laughs> I just use a different character. I actually ended up use uh, Gang Orca for the first time, which is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, and he beat the piss out of me. And I got mad and I haven't played it since. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yes. That that sequence uh, or that episode or that that arc or whatever the um, ah shit uh, the tournament. Um, mm -hmm. What was that like filming that? Because when you when you get when you start doing your voice acting, do you get amped up like you are like what we see in the cartoon, or how, how does that work? Um, I think that is a real good question, and I think different voice actors might. Do, do it differently. Mm -hmm. I usually, um, I am a pretty technical actor. So I usually, I will watch it through and go, oh, wow, that's what she needs to get to. Mm -hmm. And then when we start, um, I'm usually not like, I, that's, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm, I'm usually not like so amped up until yeah. I start saying the words <laughs> and um and I let the acting I let the impact behind the words sort of take me where it needs to go mm -hmm. there's only been one time that I can think of uh, maybe twice that that I can think of that I watched something and it affected me so much and then we recorded it where I was already in like a really emotional state yeah. Um, most of the time I'm watching it and I'm purely looking for what the animation is doing and if the words are going to fit and how they're going to fit and what everything needs to, it's usually a real technical thing for me. Yeah. And then when I start playing the scene, mm -hmm. it just naturally grows. Yeah. I, I can understand that. But um, for, but for that, like, I really love how I like that whole thing. The, the sports fest is my favorite thing. I like that when you've, finally started getting to see all of the kids quirks it's interesting and seeing them fighting each other is interesting and Ochako worked so hard and I mean she was never going to beat Bakugo but she got close really really close he got close and he had to work he had to work yeah. right um and I really love how there and then you see them right after that and Deku's like I feel so bad for you. And she's like, oh, big bravado. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I just need to work harder. And then you see her on the phone with her dad. And she's that hit so hard in the fields. You're like, oh, man, she was doing this for such a deeper reason than the yeah. rest of these kids. I mean, yeah. you've got Ida doing it because of that shonen-like, that samurai-like um, mentality or, or ethos, right? And then you got Bakugo. He's just an angry prick that wants yeah. to be better than everybody else. And that's why I like that character. So that's why he just associates so much with me. Cause I see, especially at a young age, like he is, I see so much of myself in that character. And then I, I'm not saying he's the deepest character, 
but he's probably, you've seen Shrek, I'm sure you've got kids. Yeah. And he explains the onion theory. He's like, they stink. He's like, no, they just have layers, right? And then with Bakugo, it's the same thing. And all of you guys have got so many layers that just keep peeled back and peeled back. And you start looking deeper and deeper and deeper into these characters. And like I said at the beginning, it's a 2D show, but you guys really make it three-dimensional with your emotion, with your voice, with your talent and all that stuff. Um, when the reason I asked you that last question was if you get amped up. Um, at the end of a, a lunch rush or a dinner rush, whatever I'm working, I've always got like ah energy, right? When you finish your when you finish your work, is it hard to come back down from that? Even if you haven't gotten amped up, are you still in that mindset? It, I think it can be. Um, I what do you do? A lot of, beg your pardon. What uh, after you finish your thought? What do you do to unwind if it gets to that point? Well, I think that for. And again, we would all have different answers. For some of us, like I think Cliff would say the same thing. Um, you just want to not talk for a while, <laughs> right? Like you, you leave it there. You do it, and then you're like, and end scene. <laughs> I'm done, right? Um, yeah. So for me, I I tend to be a pretty um, I'm a, I'm a pretty outgoing person. I am real easy to work with. I have a lot going on, but I want to be by myself yeah. <laughs> to um, when I, especially if I've worked hard um, and I've done a good day's work, I, I really just want some time alone where I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. And that and I do a lot of listening to other voices. I listen to audiobooks pretty avidly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find different voices that I like. And I, I like hearing people talking to me or teaching me something. What's some most, of your favorite books? Well, right now I'm revisiting um and I think of Terry Doty because we both love this series. It's called The Discovery of Witches. Okay. And I thought it's so like appropriate for Halloween and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's a and maybe more than a trilogy now, but it was a trilogy back when I first listened to it. And now I'm re-listening to A Discovery of Witches. Now, um, but I love memoirs are some of my favorites. Um, oh, there's some really, really good ones out there. I'm a, I'm all over the place. Uh, you know, my mom didn't think I was going to read too, too much with anything that wasn't a comic book when I was younger. Um, because it's just like, I liked, I liked basketball. I liked cartoons. I didn't have time for reading and uh, my grades showed quite a bit. <laughs> um, but uh, when I started getting older, my mom just started putting books in front of me. Um, and then Stephen King was one of the first ones I latched on to. And it's weird because I don't, I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary cartoons because uh, it seems real with a lot of this stuff. And I don't, I don't want to be any more scared than I have to be. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't like ghosts and stuff like that. And my wife comes from the most haunted place in the world or, most haunted place in the States for sure, Massachusetts. Oh. And her family has consistently tried telling me ghost stories, haunted stories, anytime we're over at nighttime, just to get, you know, get that hair standing up. Um, <laughs> but uh, what are some of your, your favorite memoirs that you've read or biographies or? Let's see. Um, Trevor Noah, born, born a crime. Mm -hmm. uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants. Uh, Mindy Kaling's books. I just, I like um, cult memoirs, mm -hmm. like, um, and stuff. they are fascinating. Um, the Educated um, by Tara Westover is awesome. Um, I, I, yeah, I went through a whole cult phase where I listened to like uh, Scientology mm -hmm. and um, those hardcore um, Latter-day Saints and yeah. various things like that. Um, Jessica Simpsons was awesome. Really? It was so great. And you know what? I don't think, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but one of the best autobiographies I ever heard read was Dolly Parton reading hers. Oh. Freaking amazing. It was so good. And what I loved is like, I mean, it's almost at the end of the book where she's like, you know, and if you've just hung around this long waiting to see if my boobs are real or not, then... <laughs> then shame on you, you know, or whatever. I don't even know. But it was just a delight. She's such a great reader. Carol Burnett also reads her own and she's just a delight. Um, 
I think memoirs are so interesting, man. All right. There's so, so much to learn. I got, I got this notepad and I always keep it right here. Uh, I got this notepad from my wife's boss. I was like, man, this is the funniest notepad I've ever seen in my life. Um, so she went and bought it for me as, as a little present. So anytime I'm talking to you guys and you guys say something, so I've already gotten Princess Tutu wrote down and I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. So I'm going to have to read Dolly's book now, but I wanted to show my notepad because I think it's a, it's Snoop Dogg and then faux scribbles instead of faux shizzles. Scribbles, yes. Yeah. So I wrote down Dolly Parton's memoir as soon as we're off this call or uh, meeting, whatever it's considered. Um, yes. I'm buying this book because I'm almost done with Rob's book and uh, I've, I've been in a, a real big biography kick lately. Um, so like I said, I like her. Uh, however, Dolly Parton, her song, um, Jolene. Yeah. Um, now it might be sacrilegious to Dolly Parton fans out there. Um, I'm a huge Miley Cyrus fan for one. And yeah. I loved her take on that. And I didn't know until my wife, my wife has got the same knowledge I have on comic books and TV shows as she has in the entertainment world. She knows who's married to who, who did what. It's crazy. She's like Wikipedia, but with, <laughs> hey man, who's Nick Swartzen married to? And then she'll just tell me who he's married to. Um, and then I was like, I was listening to uh, um, Miley on Joe Rogan's podcast not too long ago. And then she's like, yeah, she's uh, Dolly Parton is her godmother. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you something funny that you might not know about Dolly there. Uh, my wife's name is Katie. So I was like, do you know she only communicates by fax? She doesn't use email. So how, how, how Miley would get a hold of her was Dolly still has a fax machine in her house. Hey, need to talk. She faxes it off. She would drive to a neighbor's house or something like that. And then the phone call. That's how, that's how that would happen. So she's super duper old school. And wow. in this day and age, you're like, man, that is, that is what everybody should aspire to be. I want to be off the reservation where you either got to page me. And I never had a pager. Uh, you beat me or yeah. fax me. That's what I'm aspiring to at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we're, we're, I don't want to keep you too much longer. We, we already hit that hour mark. But there are a couple things that I always like to end um, end this with. Um, so, first one's really a two-parter. Uh, so when you're all Jesus Christ today, my God, everybody wants to talk. That's right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so when it's all said and done, and you've finished your last voiceover work, your last acting work, when you're done, you're retired, and you're living like Dolly with your fax machine out there, and that's the only way people get a hold of you. What is your most memorable character when it's all said and done? I know it's probably hard. It's like asking what your favorite child is, I'm sure. Um, but what's been the most memorable? And if you couldn't pick one, what's a couple? I'll give you an easy out. I'm going to say Ochako. Mm -hmm. And probably Nami from One Piece. Okay. Um, again, mostly because... I've been with that show for 12 years. Yeah. 12, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, it's just been this show that I've, that, uh, that is its own thing. Um, but probably I'm going to say probably those. Yeah. Now, last question. And this one's a little, little different, but if you could have picked any of the, other characters if you could not have played Ochako and whether it be a male character or a female character what's one character you would have liked to take a stab at oh I love them um <laughs> probably I don't play a lot of the um that's my daughter's finger back there oh, in the door. <laughs> I don't play. Yeah, I see you, sister. <laughs> Can you shut the door, please? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> shut the door for me, though, Bye. okay? <laughs> Bye. Um, I don't, I don't normally get to play a lot of the, like, super sexy kinds of roles. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be fun to try to get to try to be Miss Midnight. <laughs> or Mount Lady or something yeah, runs, like that. Uh, somebody like that. That would be super fun. Although I have, I mean, I have my favorites. I, 
like, even though we make fun of him all the time, Minetta is oh. one of my favorite characters. The show needs him. Like, everybody is so serious and has so much integrity and all of this stuff that we, you have to have a Minetta. Yeah, just as kind of a story. funny foil to all of that. Yeah, his, what's crazy, I didn't realize that he was voiced by a female as well. And then See, it's, perfect. Always, it's, well, it's always crazy when I hear like Bart Simpson. And then I believe Bobby Hill from King of the Hill was yep. by a woman as well. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, how is it possible for you guys to change your voices to sound like a different, like me, I'm pretty distinct. You can tell that I'm probably a guy to some extent, right? And it's, <laughs> it's always crazy to see you guys do these different voices, the different tones. So, yeah, it, you know, I'm not, I'm a, not a good mimic. I've never been a good mimic. I can't do like Mickey's voice or whatever. Yeah. But I can kind of do Bobby Hill. Yeah. Dad, me and Tony are going to go to the mall. But Dad. <laughs> How many times have you practiced this one? A little. A little. Because yeah. he's like the one that I can kind of go, but Dad. <laughs> whatever so funny this went all over the place ladies and gentlemen i gotta thank you again like i said it has been a fun cartoon uh i mean this this shit really is it's it seems real even though it's fake um and it's all because of people like you that work on the show people that actually care um and enjoy their craft their art form um and i can't thank you enough for that you guys gave me something in the craziest time of my 31 years of life, um, you guys gave me and my son some kind of normalcy. We keep hearing that word. Um, you guys gave me a time where I could sit here and disconnect, even though I'm connected on TV. Um, and I can never thank you guys enough for that. I really appreciate you taking the time for me. Um, and thank you. We I'll are honored because um, we're doing the same things. You know, we're all in this horrible moment together yeah. and you know where you can find heroes or whatever good stories and good art good times to share right now I understand it does mean a lot and we're excited to just be like the tiniest part of that you know it, it every little bit helps um yeah. now I always try to tell you guys, you know, thank you as well. But I also want to help you guys if you guys are promoting anything. And if you can't talk about anything, it's no problem. Um, but is there anything that you're working on that you want people to know about? Or where can people find you to see what you're working on? Well, we're always, I'm always working on stuff. I never know what I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> I never know. Yeah, um, yeah. But usually when I know that things are safe, I will announce it on Twitter. I met Lucy with an I, loves Mike, M-I-C, like microphone. Also, mm -hmm. my husband's name is Michael. So it's kind of like a, ha <laughs> um, And that's where I, that's what I am on Instagram too. I'm Lucy loves Mike. And I have a little website, lucychristian.com. Um, sometimes people email me through there or if they want something signed because we can't get out, yeah. they can find a way to do it through my website. Um, but yeah, I just want everybody to take care and thanks for reaching out. It's nice to talk to people. It, it really is. Like I said at the beginning of this, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Hopefully it goes a lot longer. The goal is to have all of you guys eventually in time. Um, and I can't thank you enough for this. Uh, I'm Julian at it's on the bottom of the screen in my head pod. She is at Lucy loves Mike with a C and with an I for her name. We are out of time. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.